Welcome to the UNSW Wit Careers Deep Dive Podcast, where we chat to successful women in the industry about the ins and outs of their career. I'm Vivian. I'm currently in my second year studying actuarial science and finance at UNSW. And I'm Anjini, a first-year student studying computer science, also at UNSW. Now, I'd like to welcome our very special guest today, Shadia Lim, who's currently an innovation advisory consultant at AWS. Thanks so much for taking part in this podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so we're super excited to hear you talk about your experiences in the digital transformation industry and also your relatively unconventional career path. Would you just like to start by giving our listeners a quick introduction to yourself? Thanks again for having me, Anjeanie and Vivian. Um, a little bit about myself. So as you can hear from my accent, I'm not from Australia. I'm from Texas, but I moved to Australia about 10 years ago. And I live um, just around the corner from UNSW in Coogee. I have about over 10 years experience in digital and product management um, since I've been living here. And it's been an incredible ride. And I always have to say, I'm always learning so still on the same path with you all, still trying to figure out my career as well. A very quick question. Um, is there a particular reason you came to Australia? At the time, it was during the global financial crisis. So funny enough, um, I wasn't even in the States at the time. I was teaching English in Seoul, South Korea. And um, that was an amazing experience to do after uni. And I only could do that because I, I couldn't actually find a job at the time. So um, after teaching English, I wanted to go back to the States, but there was still some kind of economic challenges and it was pretty hard to still find a job. So I came to Australia where I could work and live here for a year. That one year has now turned into 10 years. <laughs> well, uh, we're very glad that you're here in Australia and talking with us now. Um, well, let's begin with talking about your career journey. What's led to uh, where you are now today? Yeah, sure. So my my career journey has been unconventional, as you all uh, described it at the beginning. I majored in communications and media studies. I, I actually thought I was going to be a diplomat when I was in university in New York City at Fordham University. Um, and then getting more into the business and getting a lot more internships under my belt, I realized I needed to add a bit more um, different learnings to my to my repertoire. So I then minored in business administration, and I also minored in philosophy because I just love like critical thinking and thinking about you know some of the subjects that often don't have an answer. So with those three in mind, I kind of see them as a trifecta of, all right, I'm business savvy, I can communicate, and I can be a critical thinker. Now, where can I go in my career? I've always known, um, especially in being in a communications major, um, anything to do with digital and technology is where it's going to be at. So um, it was a good bet to make when I was younger because now it's all, everything is being digitized. Everything's being automated. It's all uh, being powered through technology. So I guess given the, my three subjects that I studied and focusing on digital and following that digital trends, that's where I, my career has led me is to be a digital product innovator. Well, you're mentioning bring digital experiences to customers. Um, so you've only been at AWS since about the start of this year. I'd imagine you were bringing digital experiences at other companies as well. So can you talk a little bit about those experiences as well? Yeah, sure. So um, as you can see on my LinkedIn, I previously worked at Commonwealth Bank and at Telstra. So my official product management career started at Commonwealth Bank. And um, to tie into your other question on how did, how did I get myself into this career, I actually was the writer, like the person that wrote the words on the app and on your um, internet banking at the time when I started at Commonwealth Bank. And at the time, it was going through its major digital transformation, adopting new um, agile ways of working and methodologies. And so 
uh, I was put into a scrum team and people didn't even know what that meant. And um, I was working with a product owner and people didn't know what that meant. Or, you know, that was the first time I worked with a UX designer as well. And um, so then in that experience, um, I figured out, wow, I love writing. I love user experience. But given kind of my passions around bringing people together, explaining complexity in simple ways, um, innovating, effectively using funding, um, I thought the product owner, product manager role was the right one for me. And so I actually had to do two jobs. I had to do my day job as a writer, but then I would put my hand up to do kind of mini projects as the product owner to demonstrate that I could do it. Um, because that that wasn't something I studied or had on, on you know my CV. So I had to really prove myself um, at 200%. And so in that time, I was able to deliver new digital experiences for business customers. For example, if they wanted to borrow some funding from the bank, you know, I presented to them on a website, you know, here are your options, have a play at your funding, uh, your borrowing capacity. Um, what would repayments look like? Um, have the ability to open up an account online, for example. Um, and that's often pretty critical for businesses who are time poor. So I, in my career at ComBank, I looked at bank accounts, um, car and home insurance, superannuation, and home loans. And throughout those four portfolios, it was all about creating digital experiences that make life easier for that customer, whether you're a small business owner or an everyday customer who wants to just manage their mortgage or somebody who's had a car accident and they don't know how to file a claim um, or even get insurance themselves. So it was pretty awesome because I can personally relate to all those experiences. Um, because I'm human too, and I'm going to go through getting a mortgage and buying insurance. And I, I often thought to myself, how would I deal with this? What, what would make me smile? What would make things easier for me? But I also had the chance to go talk to real customers and test with them before I actually delivered technology to um, technology that actually delivered on their experience. Then when I went to Telstra, that was an incredible experience because I took all that product management experience myself and then was able to coach others at Telstra. So at the time they were going through their big digital transformation, trying to figure out ways to be more agile, um, accelerate the way that they deliver um, technology, the way they delight their customers. So I then worked with different parts of the business and uplifted those who were interested to become product managers. And I was a more like their coach, um, teaching them about the end-to-end -end product lifecycle, how to incrementally deliver technology, how to um, test, build, learn. Um, but equally, um, in coaching, I was also in charge of the funding for experimentation. So um, what people don't realize is there's a huge part in product development called the business case. So without the business case, you don't have funding. And without the funding, you don't have the technology teams to deliver. So I had quite a bit of experience in building up business cases in the past. So then when I was in Telstra, I worked with executives and product owners so that they presented really attractive business cases so that they could secure funding and then actually then go execute their idea from concept to in production. Definitely. Like, because you mentioned you learned about the term Agile and Scrum at the beginning of your career at Commonwealth Bank. So do you want to explain what does it mean to our listeners? Sure. So agile to me, it's more of a, a methodology on how you deliver technology. So in the past, um, companies would have an idea, they'd flesh it out as much as possible, throw it over the fence for the technology teams to deliver. But the problem with that is that what if your users needs and wants change over time? So Working in Agile, you're able to do something incrementally. 
So if, if you get a bit of insight from your customer and you know that they want this today, you build just enough technology and experience to deliver something very quickly. So say in um, two weeks, if you could deliver something in two weeks, get it out to market and see what happens. Your customer said two weeks ago they wanted it. Let's see if they like it now, um, now that we've built it. The great news is, is you've only spent two weeks worth of effort and you're you're getting insights very quickly and closely to your customer as possible. In the agile way, you're able to get something out really quickly, test, learn, and then go back and build on top of that for another two weeks and then another two weeks. And you're just refining that experience over time and you're constantly getting closer to the customer experience as it changes. So that's amazing. Scrum, on the other hand, um, is a way of delivery. Um, I guess most people understand the word scrum from rugby, but it is similar in a sense that you're in a team, everyone has a part to play, but um, you're very interdependent with each other to deliver on your goals. And in Agile, a Scrum team would include a product owner, UX designer, engineers, testers, architects, um, business analysts. And you may or may not have all of those roles, but um, the great thing about Scrum is it encourages T-shaping or you know being very deep in your expertise, but also wide in your expertise. A developer can be a tester. Um, a business analyst can also be a tester. Um, business analyst can also be a product owner if the product owner's away. So that's something that's um, pretty awesome if you get a chance to work in that space and in an agile technology team in a scrum framework. Yeah, so those are two approaches kind of sound like they're really well suited to the fast pace of the technology industry. Um, and so when you were at Telstra sort of taking on a more coaching role for businesses, was that sort of the advice that you were giving them, um, advising them to take on maybe like um, agile uh, philosophies to development? Absolutely, Angini. When I was working with um, my internal stakeholders at Telstra, that was one of the things I really hammered home with them is try to think incrementally. Um, because again, if we deliver everything we want up front and we put it out to market and customer needs and wants have changed, that's going to be devastating because we, we probably spent a lot of time, money and effort up front to deliver that first experience. But if we take more of an incremental agile approach, um, we're not spending as much money. We're not taking as much time and we can quickly deliver something to market gain learnings, gain feedback, and feed those insights back into our product backlog so that we can, we're can we well-informed and we're making sound decisions on the next iteration. It's such a much more satisfying experience when you can deliver 10 iterations of something within a year versus one iteration. At least the 10, you know you've refined it over time. It's based on customer feedback and insights. Um, it gives you a lot more confidence in what you're delivering as opposed to the one big bang approach where you know, this is like kind of putting all your chips on red, for example. Um, it's a 50-50 chance of whether it's gonna be successful or not. So let's hedge our bets and um, incrementally deliver things so that we get value sooner and learnings faster. Cool. Um, would you mind telling us, uh, sharing our listener a day in the life of an innovation advisor consultant AWS? Sure. It's, um, it's one of those answers where every day is a different day. So in terms of my day in the life, I am doing lots of learning. There's a saying at Amazon, it's always day one. And it's absolutely true. Every day I walk in, there's something new to learn. Um, there's new people to meet. There's new challenges and opportunities that I face. Um, today, I was uh, woke up, jumped online, and started doing a module on modernization and storage. Because one big thing that we do at Amazon is you've got to keep up with um, the 
the technical knowledge. And even though my role isn't as technical, I still need to keep up with all the kind of cloud computing concepts and applications. But then the second half of my day was preparing for what I do with customers, which is I often meet with them and we talk about how we can uplift their their innovation capabilities and understanding within their organizations. Specifically, uh, an engagement I'm working on now is to help uh, a certain financial institution uplift their experimentation capabilities. So working with their people on the ground to understand what does experimentation mean? What, why is it beneficial to me? How do I go about it? What tools do I use to actually experiment? How do I do something low fidelity and cheaply and easily versus something that's much more high fidelity, closer to the customer experience and possibly in production built through technology. So it's amazing to be able to take customers through that product development life cycle, whether it's just an idea or actually getting it into production in the hands of our customers. So in terms of a day in the life, um, Every day is a different day, but there's always a mix of upskilling your knowledge in cloud migration, as well as um, figuring out how you could deliver better outcomes for your customer. And in, in an innovation case, it's me doing a lot of teaching and facilitating on how to be a good innovator. Oh, so am I right in saying that your role is more to act as a guide for your clients and other businesses to best use technology? That's a really good way to put it, Angini. Um, yes, especially in cloud um, computing and migrations. So a lot of companies um, for the longest time have been using legacy systems and um, quite constrained in how they use their data and how they run experiments and kind of get closer to the customer journey. In my career for the last 10 years, I've been working in organizations who've gone through digital transformation. And, um, you know, arguably, they're still going through digital transformation. I always believe there is no end in transformation because technology always moves. But um, the experience I've had at my last organizations, you know, we've been able to effectively use data, use customer insights, come up with new user experiences and actually build out those experiences so that customers can benefit from all of that discovery and thinking that we did um, to better meet their needs. So, yep, now that I'm in an advisory role um, at AWS, it's all about enabling our customers to understand how to do that, as well as actually bringing them along the journey to experiment and innovate. Um, you mentioned that you don't really come from a technical background at all. So how do you find yourself being able to uh, walk your um, clients through these things that are, I guess, very technical processes? Well, although I don't have roots in technology, like I mentioned, I studied communications, business administration, and philosophy. Um, that really equipped me with figuring out how do I build relationships? How do I use my critical thinking skills, my written and oral skills to communicate complexity in simple terms? And so whenever I did join um, a company where I was in a technology team, I use those superpowers around building relationships, building trust, as well as being able to, to figure out how do I communicate complexity in simple ways um, with a technical team. So um, it didn't happen overnight. I definitely um, had to go through a few rounds of uh, working with different teams, different people, different maturities and um, technical skill to upskill myself in my knowledge around technology. Um, the best advice I could give um, my former self as well as all of you is just ask the question. Um, the, the wonderful thing is, you know, if everybody is on the same page and everyone's um, very mission oriented, everyone's going to want to help you out to better understand where we're going and how to get there. And um, so, yeah, that's been my biggest key to learning the technical side of things is just be curious and ask. And, and, and if you don't get an answer that you understand right away, 
just ask someone to explain it in another way. Definitely. Oh, actually, I have a quick question. Like, what are some of the challenges that you face in your career? Probably more around the people side. So throughout my career, I've had various managers, and there is no one type of manager. So one thing that I would encourage you all to think about, and you know, perhaps even have a play with, is how do you manage up to different personalities? You you will always encounter um, a manager or directors that are either micromanagers, and they're gonna want you to do things the way they expect them to be done, or you might even encounter managers that have very open, free-flowing styles. And so it depends on you on how you can deal with that sometimes ambiguous or very strict kind of style. The other challenges that I've had is um, bringing out the best in people. So throughout my career, I've I've been a manager, but I've also had to manage up, and um, or I've been in, uh, indirect manager. So if I'm managing people, I need to consider their development plans, their ambitions. How do I effectively communicate with them so that we have mutual understanding and um, you know our styles uh, work well together? And that's both in being a people manager as well as managing up to your manager. But then there's times when you are not someone's manager, but you still need to influence a group of people um, to deliver an outcome. And so throughout my career, again, I've relied on my ability to build trust, um, communicate effectively, um, be a human to other humans is probably my biggest advice, you know, always treat people like you would treat yourself, try to see yourself in their shoes, empathize. So yeah, that that's probably some of my biggest challenges is around um, people, connections, and relations. What are some of the most rewarding parts of your career? Yeah, for sure. So kind of, um, it's kind of the same, or different side of the same coin around the challenges. So as much as uh, dealing with different personalities or dealing with conflict is a challenge. It's also been an amazing, rewarding experience when you, you're talking to someone and you, you can see that spark between you. You both get it. You're both connecting. You're both moving in the right path forward. So that's probably some of my some of my greatest um, and most rewarding experiences is being able to uplift others and bring the best out in them. Aside from that, um, the other rewarding things that I've absolutely loved in my career is working in organizations and having the ability to bring new digital experiences to customers. I think it's one of the coolest things to be able to be trusted with some funding. And this is, you know, shareholder funding. And someone has trusted you to say, okay, we want to continue to bring greater shareholder value. We want to continue to delight our customers. And we're going to trust you with X amount of money to do that and deliver on our strategy. And I love that in terms of my career, being able to think broadly about, okay, well, if these are our types of customers, let's think about what is their journey? Who are their personas? What are their pain points? What part of that customer journey do I want to fix? Um, and then coming out with, you know, how might we statements and um, possible experiments on how I might address those pain points through, especially in my case, digital means and digital interventions. You know, wouldn't it be great if a customer could do this themselves without having to call? Wouldn't this be great if a customer could do this, you know, at home rather than having to go into a branch? Um, it's all about thinking about those ways of, delighting customers that gives them convenience and channel of choice. And for me, especially giving them a new digital experience, something that they haven't done before, and then hopefully will adopt longer term. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm also curious, uh, we obviously do hear a lot about how the tech industry is really uh, dominated by men. Um, so do you think that being a woman has led you to have sort of a different experience in this industry? Yeah, that's that's a good insight. Um, absolutely, for for most of the 
companies I've worked with and I've observed in the industry, it's mostly male dominated, but I do see a lot more and more women entering the field. Um, I love that this organization exists at UNSW, for example, um, to bring in kind of diversity and inclusion into kind of the um, STEM subjects. Um, because organizations like this exist, makes me very hopeful in terms of having, you know, gender balance and um, kind of more diversity and inclusion in the workplace. I know that a lot of companies are heavily focusing on diversity and inclusion um, as key parts of their strategic agenda because it's been recognized that, you know, the more diverse, um, the more kind of widespread types of people you employ, um, you're just going to produce kind of greater creativity and thought um, in the organization. You know, if you always recruit the same kind of person, it's pretty predictable what you're going to get as an output. And like I said, technology is changing. People's wants, needs, behaviors are changing. We can't rely on cookie cutter approaches. We've got to embrace diversity of thought, diversity of experiences, diversity of people, um, and allow for people to have a voice in the company so that they, together, we can build something even better than you know one person's opinion. So yeah, um, I have seen traditionally in the past, um, you know, I often might be this only woman in a meeting or, you know, there might not be very many females on a leadership team. Um, even myself being, you know, American, like that, I already feel like a bit of a minority in Australia, but um, folk focusing on bringing p different voices, different thoughts, different experiences into the conversation um, I've always been a huge champion of that, and I, I see huge benefit in driving that kind of behavior. And luckily enough, I do see more and more companies putting that as one of their main agenda items for becoming, you know, a great place to work, uh, a place that's going to deliver greater and better outcomes. That's that's good. It's good to hear that like more more and more businesses are more accepting diversity in the, into their business. Do you have any tech myth or misconception that you would like to bust? One of the biggest misconceptions that I'd like to bust today is that if you're in a technology role, that doesn't mean you're only a technology person. One of the greatest advantages of being in a technology role and background um, is that you get to also exercise the ability to simplify complexity. One thing that I would love and encourage all kind of technical people um, listening to this podcast today is if you can bridge the technical understanding with business and customer understanding, that is gold. So definitely use your technical skills, but really um, focus on how do you how do you explain that technical concept or that application or, or to somebody who's not technical? That is when magic happens because if you're able to articulate you know how technology enables new experiences or how something works in a really easy to understand way, you're gonna make this kind of technology concept a lot easier to understand because right now a lot of people think oh i'm not i'm not an engineer so i can't work in technology um, i didn't study information systems so i can't work in technology i'm living proof that you can <laughs> because i told you all i did not study technology um or have a degree in it so um you know, one thing that I've done in my career is really focus on, okay, technology is ever-changing. So are people's wants and needs, as well as business wants and needs. How do I find the intersection of the three? Um, I think earlier you said that your superpower is your very unique background. So do you think that actually um, helps you uh, to understand 
uh, businesses uh, and clients a bit more if they're only interested in sort of the business side when you're um, leading them through uh, digital transformation? Yeah, absolutely. I've always um, thought in terms of my superpower, okay, I can empathize with somebody who's not technical. So what I can do is show them what are the possibilities and demystify how hard or um, yeah, how hard it is to understand technology. So for sure, my, my superpower is connecting with people, but also making it really easy for them to understand and also having, you know, good strategic conversations about, well, where do you want to go as a business? Where do you, what kinds of experiences do you want to deliver for your customers? Okay. Let's focus on that. Don't don't focus too much on the technology. Let's see how we can validate user experience first, and then we'll go find the technology because there's a thousand ways to del- to deliver an experience. But what we really need to focus on is who is your customer? What is their problem? What are, what's the opportunity here? And let's go validate that first before we start bringing in technology. So these experiences, um, it sounds like you've worked across a huge range of projects. So uh, I guess, how do you decide, do you get um, choice when you're selecting these projects or is it sort of whatever gets assigned to you um, when you're, wherever you're working? It's always a mix of both. Um, So in terms of my career, when I was working as a writer, at the bank when I started my product development journey, uh, I was already in a small business team, but it was fascinating to me because I've never owned a business. And um, in terms of my kind of personal values, I'm always trying to learn and um, f- empathize with you know different people. So it was great for me to learn about who is a small business customer? What are their drivers? What are their pain points? Um, what would make their life easier. But then when I got other opportunities, um, it was more about, all right, now in my career, I've done a bit of product management, but I need to scale myself. So I could stay in this small business area longer, or I can scale my experience and try it in a different portfolio. So then um, an opportunity came with the general insurance portfolio to digitize car and home insurance experiences. So one thing that I've always been a bit huge advocate of is just give it a go. Put your hand up and give it a go. Um, You'll laugh, but I don't even have a car today. Um, At the time when I was in that role, I didn't even have a home like for to be insured. I was a renter. And so, you know, I personally wasn't the ideal product owner in terms of being a customer myself for that insurance product. But, you know, there, there was nothing that held me back from giving it a chance. And it was, again, great. I was able to understand, you know, what do... Um, like what would my mom and dad have faced when they got their cars or their their homes? What kind of insurances were they looking at? Um, and I have to say now I do have vehicles and I do have a home. Um, I'm so much more experienced and knowledgeable because I, I was curious and I learned how to be a product manager in insurance. Same thing happened in home loans. I didn't have a home, a mortgage, but you know what? be curious, put your hand up, give it a go. And now, now that I do have a mortgage, I'm so much more informed about the mortgage process and what, what the pains and delighters are for that kind of customer. Cool. Um, looking back, back in your experience, can you tell me what is the culture and working style of AWS and how does it differ from the company you have worked for in the past? Hmm. I was very attracted to moving to AWS because they are so focused on their culture and something called leadership principles. So they have 14 leadership principles that everybody embodies. They live and breathe these. The number one leadership principle is customer obsession. Um, Everything we do is all all about the customer and ties back to the customer. Um, Sometimes... 
or what I've heard, I haven't seen it yet because I'm still kind of virtual, but in most cases, when you go into a meeting, there's always an empty chair and you're like, what's that empty chair doing here? And it's, it's for the customer. The entire room recognizes that the customer, that is the customer's chair, they're sitting in it. And we need to recognize that whatever discussion, decisions we're making in this room, that person sitting in the customer's chair, you know, are we being considerate about their pains, their opportunities, their delighters? Um, so I love the, the customer obsession. Um, there's a lot of other leadership principles, um, the 14 that I mentioned, but that one's amazing. I also love their written culture. Uh, Amazon are very big on writing. So, you know, most companies, they use PowerPoint to present a business case. Um, Amazon uses the written word. They have, you know, uh, documents called PR FAQs. So it's like a press release plus FAQs to demonstrate why an idea is such a good idea. Or they might even write a six-page narrative describing the business case. And, you know, in writing, you, you can't hide. Um, there is no flair. There are no slides what's written in front of you in black and white is, you know, what you're being judged on. So I really, I think that's cool that they have a writing culture, especially me coming from a liberal arts background. Um, and then the other thing is I love the mission that Amazon is on. They want to be the world's most, um, you know, customer centric company. And so I love that everybody is on the same page. We're all focused on the customer. And it's not about just the store or uh, like the Amazon store or cloud computing. We're, he we're here to deliver on the customer, whatever they need. Doesn't matter if it's going into space because Amazon's got that line of business as well or selling things on online or delivering new cloud technologies. It's all about delivering on the customer. You mentioned the uh, really strong writing culture at Amazon. So I guess it sounds like you found a happy medium between your interests in writing and your interests in uh, coaching businesses. So do you think you have any advice for students who might have like a lot of passions but um, aren't completely sure on which exact path to take? Yeah, sure. So it's hard like like i told you even whenever i was in uni i never thought in a million years i'd be in a technology you know digital transformation role i thought like i said i thought i was going to be a diplomat <laughs> and then my first internship was actually in a in a fashion magazine so um yeah i just never knew i'd go into that but one thing that i have noticed as a trend through all of my career paths is, um, again, if you can be that person that brings clarity to the situation, confidence about what you're doing, and um, getting that stakeholder buy-in to progress your idea further, that is the ultimate. And when I was at Telstra, I actually managed um, quite a few people that were coming out of the grad program or had come out of the graduate program. And our team were all business analysts. So I personally have never been a business analyst, funny enough, but I managed a team of about 13 business analysts. And that was always the goal was our, you know, if we're going to be the best business analysts out there, we're going to be that team that brings the clarity gives people confidence and gives them enough so that they want to progress this idea further. So all the people that I manage came from various backgrounds, finance, information systems, economics, liberal arts, marketing. But um, they, they were all wondering, how do I get into product management? How do I get into te technology, even if I'm not a technology background? How do I work in a large organization in a kind of matrixed enterprise? And I said, the best thing you can do is try your hand at being a business analyst. You're going to get so much variety, whether it's looking at processes, what is the current state, what could be the future state. You would be looking at user experience, who are customers, what are their pain points today? Let's listen to um, 
or even meet them. Let's design something for them. You're going to get technology because you'll be put into a scrum team where you'll be writing user stories and managing a backlog and working with engineers to develop and test that experience. You're going to get a lot of analysis because then after you've delivered something, you'll look at the data and produce insights that will influence the backlog. And then you'll also get a finance um, experience because you'll probably need to help put the business case together, understand what are the financial, operational and customer drivers that you're going to change from a baseline to what's what's new. So um, if you're unsure about what where your career is going or what to do next and you know you potentially have a lot of passions but they don't really point to anything specific i'd highly recommend looking at doing an internship or a grad rotation in business analysis because that that is a, a big um pathway into product management um like how how do you foresee your industry changing and evolving in the coming years and how do you think your role in aws can uh, uh, that the changes. It's hard to predict because um, even 2020 has been such a curveball in how we work, live, and interact, right? But in terms of um, what I've seen so far in my career, technology is only getting more sophisticated, which means it's going to be harder and harder to bring um, people on the journey. So in terms of my career, I'm gonna. I'm excited about continuing to uplift my skills and capability in technology, as well as bringing others on the journey. Um, you know, technology is the thing. Yes, it's changing, but it's it's you know pretty black and white. You need to um, configure something so that it works, right? But in terms of people, there's too, so many factors that influence how we act, behave, listen, speak, think. And so I guess the biggest trend that I can see in the coming years is there will always be a focus on bridging the gap between how do you want to deliver an experience, use technology as an enabler, but bring people on the journey. And so that's why I'm really excited about my career because it's all those things. Um, being an innovation advisor is bridging the understanding of how technology can enable a customer to achieve their goals, but it's also about the processes and the people wrapped around um, that ambition to m actually make it happen. And that's, that's my role is um, bringing people on the journey, but supported through, you know, drivers of technology. How would you recommend students who are going through the recruitment process for an internship or graduate programs to differentiate themselves? Yeah, sure. So um, that's amazing to even get into an interview process. Um, when you're in that process, I would highly recommend talking about your experiences, about how you gave clarity to the situation how you were able to give confidence to the people you were working with in a situation, and then how you were able to delight and continue to attract them in your proposition. Um, so whenever they ask you about you know, projects you've worked on, um, try to use that STAR format. So what was the situation? What was the task? How did you act? And what was the result? So highly recommend using that star format when you're answering your questions. But when I interview um, candidates, I'm always looking for somebody who can demonstrate that they were able to bring clarity to the situation. They were able to make the people around them very confident. And then they were able to build trust and attract, you know, desire to pursue that or progress that initiative further. Um, another trait is be excitable. You know, these are the people that you're going to work with every day. And so when you, when you interview, you want to demonstrate, you know, you're, you're a team player. You want to be someone that's going to um, add something new to the team. So if you're, the, you're funny, 
be funny. If you're super organized, show how super organized you are. Just always think, what are what are my superpowers? What what am I going to add to the team and to the company? So like I said, I've only recently joined um, AWS in the last few months. But I know for myself, I'm huge on people connections. And so one thing I've done, and especially in a virtual world, is I've booked in 15-minute coffees with every person I've met or have been in an onboarding session with. I've been in some onboarding sessions with 30 people, and we don't know each other. We don't see each other because we're all like in a kind of lecture-style session with no cameras on, but then I went back and looked at the the list, the participant list, and I just booked 15 minutes with every person just to get to know them. So, you know, that's, that's a way that I get to bring myself to work. So when you're interviewing, show them who you are, what's your personality, things that you do to, to, that you could bring to the team. Yeah, um, so linking back to your personal experiences moving through your career, um, when you moved from a writer to product owner at CBA, um, you were talking about how you were already like putting your hand up for like product owner sort of projects. So when you moved into that new role, was that an interview process or did they like already um, sort of know you were suited for the role? Yeah, definitely that it wouldn't be sustainable to keep two roles at one time. So um at the time when I was doing two roles, I was I had the full-time writer role, but, now, but then I, with any extra time, um, I took on side gigs as a product owner for very much smaller um, projects. But then when full-time product owner roles came about, I'd apply and people knew who I was because I put my hand up. I was eager, energetic, you know, visible. Um, and so that probably gave me an advantage in the full-time recruitment process because people already knew that I had done some of that and they knew my personality. But then when I got the full-time gig, you know, those projects were much bigger, much more visibility, much more responsibility. So I had to let go of the writing um, writing side of things. But don't get me wrong, when then I worked with new writers, um, because that's a passion of mine, I was, I was able to really work effectively with them because I used to be a writer. And so that's, that's one big thing that I bring into all my product um, management roles and projects is um, user experience. I'm really big on, you know, what are the words that we're presenting? What is the interaction, des- design interaction? And then another thing that I had to pick up when I was doing those writer slash product owner roles is, Um, uplift my capability in analytics. And um, luckily, I put my hand up. I asked different people in the organization to do some kind of side tutoring with me on how to use Adobe Analytics, for example. And so now, like, that is my favorite. It's not only the user experience, but also looking at the data and insights of what we are building and how people are using it. So moving on to the, my favorite question, what is your five years plan and what are you looking for in the future? <laughs> five years plan? My goodness, I'm trying to think about like next year. <laughs> um, so five-year plan, I would love to have delivered some, again, amazing experiences at Amazon Web Services like I said, I just started, but, you know, I'm going through day one every day at my company and learning loads. I bring in a lot of knowledge and experience from my past, but I'm excited to see myself in five years, like lift my game as well as Amazon Web Services game in terms of the types of innovation projects that we're working on, the types of um, customers um, and their challenges that we're working on. So that would be amazing. Um, Five years time, I really do hope that we get to travel again even sooner than five years. I'm a huge traveler, so I'd love to be able to like not only travel again, but work on work with customers globally in person. Um, 
I'd love that. You know, right now I'm very focused in Australia and it's great that I've got the technology to connect with customers here or else or anywhere in the world. But um, yeah, I'd love to work in various industries like life sciences, um, public sector, um, still commercial, just just put more experiences under my belt. Like I said, I'm the type of person that wants um, to be curious, put my hand up, give things a go. And so, yeah, in five years time, I hope to still be that person and keep, you know, gaining more experiences and learnings. That sounds like you've got a really exciting career ahead of you. And um, I hope that any students listening to this are also inspired to maybe put their hand up a bit more and see where that takes them. Um, So do you have any last words that uh, you want our listeners to hear? So in terms of last words, I would say I am so excited for you all. It's going to you all have, you know, a really bright and exciting future ahead of you. As I've always said to myself, be the person that isn't afraid to put your hand up. Think big, go for opportunities. Don't be afraid. You know, if you don't ask, you don't know. Um, So always give things a go is probably my biggest uh, advice to you. And being kind of in your space, you know, try to see where you can bridge the technical from the non-technical. That That's where the gold is, um, where you can communicate effectively um, amongst groups of people that may be technical or maybe not technical. So I'd encourage you to explore that within yourself, as well as um, continue connecting with people as humans. Um, At the end of the day, you know, a lot of progress happens because of the relationships you build and the trust that you build. So whether it's, you know, having a new manager or managing groups of people or being an indirect manager, always consider, you know, how can I bring out the best in people um, as well as how, how can I be a great team player in the way that I connect with people as humans. So I think that's gonna bring us to the end of our podcast today. Um, Thank you so, so much, Shady, for taking the time and giving us your insights. Um, I hope our students found this super valuable and we're also super excited to see what's next for you. So Shady, if our listeners want to know more about you, where they can, where where is the best platform for them to reach you? Sure. Anytime, feel free to LinkedIn with me. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, shoot me a note. Um, I might even be doing a bit more with UNSW in the future. So hopefully I'll get to see you all around. Um, otherwise, you all know Angenie and Vivian. You can reach out to them to connect with me as well. <laughs> but thank you. Thank you so much for having me today. It's been a pleasure and honor, really, to be um, interviewed by you both. And I'm excited to see where Women in Technology at UNSW goes and um, really impressed that you you exist and you're driving the agenda for women in technology um, at you know this stage in your careers it's amazing so that concludes our very first episode of the career deep dive series with Shadia we release a new podcast episode every week every Monday so stay tuned for our next episode thank you for your time